Welcome to our new podcast, Under the Weather. Did you know that one person dies by suicide every 16.2 minutes, and about two-thirds of the people who commit suicide experience depression before ending their lives? This is Brenda here with my co-hosts Jennifer and Kayla. Welcome. And to all our listeners, welcome to Under the Weather. Our topic today will be on suicide. We'll explain how Emile Durkheim, a French sociologist, views suicide as a lack of social integration in his published book titled Suicide. We'll go into depth on Durkheim's four different types of suicide classifications, as well as a couple of opposing views on the topic and a current suicide reference that I know for sure you've all have heard of. We will also be having a very special guest today, so give a warm welcome to Noah Torres. To start off, what is suicide? Actually, suicide is the act or thoughts of taking one's own life voluntarily and intentionally. You know, Emilia Durkheim quotes, Melancholy suicide. This is connected with a general state of extreme depression and exaggerated sadness, causing the patient no longer to realize sanely the bonds which connect him with people and things about him. Pleasures no longer attract. And speaking of him, Durkheim classifies four different types of suicide. The first type is egotistic. This type of suicide occurs when the person feels often very isolated and he has no one in society. The second is altruistic. This type occurs when the individual cares about the group's norms and goals so much that they completely neglect their own needs and goals. For example, a suicide bomber. Durkheim's third type of suicide is anomic. This type is committed during times of great stress or change and an individual has trouble dealing with it. An example of this is when someone commits suicide after a stock market crash or natural disaster. The last type of suicide is fatalistic, which is when someone else's life is under extreme rules and high expectations that they feel that they've lost their sense of self and commit suicide to escape their overbearing situation. Have you ever seen any of these kinds of suicide today? Yes, in 13 Reasons Why. This teen TV drama series, 13 Reasons Why, a young high schooler, Hannah Baker, commits egotistic suicide as she was isolated from friends and felt that the only person she had in this world was herself. This show is in a positive way to inform young teens on suicide and how to help because at the end of each episode, there is a suicide hotline as a resource. The underlying message of the TV show teaches teenagers that their actions can affect someone else's life in an unintentional way. For example, the scene when Tyler takes a picture of Hannah's undergarments, exposing it to the whole school, led to her going into depression as her fellow peers began to bully her. Following up to committing suicide, from the outset it seemed as if she was a normal teenage girl. But in reality, she was suffering from depression. Some signs of depression are sadness, loss of interest on daily activities, isolation, excessive crying, and Hannah demonstrated her state by cutting her hair to change her own internal state. 
Hannah changed her friends because she began to seek different company, trying to find herself. She eventually ended her life and it impacted other people right after she committed suicide. In the tape she left behind, she was shown as a mood blaming everything on herself. For example, when she lost her parents' deposit, she lost her temper and her parents were understanding about the situation. To start off, Hannah would smile and laugh, but as her experiences continued, she became to show a dual appearance. Her suicide was romanticized. It overall did teach people of all ages to start thinking of how their words or actions can affect those around them. However, some may disagree with delivering a publicizing idea of suicide. Those say that it publicizes a technique on how to end one's life, as several scenes demonstrate extreme content. There were followed-up contradictions due to the impact it had on a young girl who committed suicide after watching the show and listening six reasons why she wanted to commit suicide. Many say that certain scenes were un unnecessary for the young viewers to watch due to its excessive violence and inappropriate actions, actions such as the amount of sexual encounters between Bryce and multiple women. Hello, Noah. So please tell us about yourself and your experience leading up to depression and how you felt when you were in this state of sadness. Okay, so as of right now, I'm 17 and I don't really have any problems with depression um, anymore. But I know it all started around middle school, say eighth grade. It started with what was never diagnosed, but I see in retrospect was OCD. And I still don't know what really caused it because there were no changes in my life or big changes at that time. I think it may have just been puberty and going through middle school. Um, so I started doing the practicing OCD and having these ritual-like behaviors and that really um, frustrated me. And then that coupled with moving on to middle school and that was a big change in my life. Then I felt um, a little more depressed. Depression I see it was now, but at that time I didn't know. I, I was just going through it. Um, it just felt like there was this cloud over me. I know that's really cliche to say, but it's kind of like you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. You don't see any positivity in your in, in your future. You just see your life as something that that's just moving on with no purpose. You're just kind of living. You. You can't really think about happiness. You can't really think about planning your future. You you just want to waste time, really. You just want to go home and, and rest. You don't really want to do anything. You don't want to go outside because you don't think it'll make you happy. And from that, you're not even trying to pursue happiness. You're just trying to, to just move on and kind of stick with yourself. It's kind of like losing your purpose. You don't know what you're doing. And I know like there are different degrees of negativity it can get to. There are suicidal people. There are people that just go through it without um, too much uh, negativity around them. But it's it's always bad in the sense that you never really know the direction of your life and you don't really know if this state of depression is gonna end or not. So you just really feel lost. Since you didn't know you had depression, how did you differentiate it from being the normal sad everyone feels from time to time? Yeah, so normally when you're sad, you know what caused it, and you at least hope with confidence that it's going to pass. But with depression, you usually 
you don't know why you're sad. It was probably caused by a change, but you can't really pinpoint it. And you can't really see the sense in getting happy. You don't think it's possible. You're, you're just kind of hoping for it. So it's like being sad without direction or without cause. And when somebody is depressed, at least in my case, like I didn't know I was depressed and I didn't really want to know I was depressed. I don't want to admit that to myself, even though I knew that I was going through life with this like cloud of sadness over me. I didn't want to research it and, and say I was depressed. Um, that may have been cowardice on my part, um, not going out and, and seeking help and just keeping it to myself. but. The last thing I wanted to do was let down my pride and say I am depressed or something is wrong with me. Like I, I, even with that, I knew it wasn't normal, but I didn't want to accept that it was something that I needed help with or that it was anything abnormal. And even then, I still don't know if it's abnormal to a point where it's it's a complete necessity to make a huge deal out of it because it is just changes in a teenage life and that's going to affect a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. So it was just not entirely understanding why I was sad and not being able to hope for happiness may have been the worst part of it. Okay, so you did say you felt cowardice about trying to confront uh, depression. Did you feel that has to do with society um, kind of bringing the stigma of having mental health, making someone be afraid of it? I don't think it had anything to do with social constructs because if anything, what the media tries to do is support those people and ask them to speak out. I think it was just being so surprised that it would have been me that was affected and it was just a personal problem. It was being an introvert and it was not dealing with anything so serious before, at least not um, dealing with anything so serious in my personal life before. So if anything, society is encouraging um, or was encouraging me to to seek help but the hardest part was admitting it to myself and wanting to take it further myself wanting to take the initiative that was that was really hard to do what advice would you give someone who is dealing with a similar experience that you had with depression i think if you truly have depression then you'll know that something's off that's not normal and while you might not be able to bring yourself to accept that it's depression or while that might not even cross your mind you know something's the matter with you, so accepting that you're not normal would be would be step one. And then the next step would be to actually spend time to consider how you're going to go about it. And then your options are going to be brought up to you because you know that you can either seek help or you can try to go through this on your own. And not everybody's going to have the courage to, to go out and, and try to get help, but at least once you know that something's wrong once you know that you have a project and you have a goal once you know that you are depressed or that you are sad then at least you have a goal and you know how you're going to get around it because if you're just going on with life living with what you have without ever considering it then you're never going to fix it you just need an end game you need a goal you need something to chase after so that that would be the most important factor accepting what you have and then understanding how you're going to get around it do you still struggle with depression from time to time currently? Now, I don't really ever because I got past it. So now whenever I think that there might be something wrong, whenever I think that I might be sad when I shouldn't be, 
I have the courage and the confidence to really spend time thinking about what caused it. And um, it, it works out for me. Everybody just needs to find what works for them. But what caused my depression, part of it, um, the OCD, that sometimes I, I get tendencies or urges to, to practice it. And it's really hard um, because when you have any mental disability, diagnosed or not, any uh, mental issues, it's kind of like it's just set upon you and you can't get out of it because it's how you think. It, it affects your mind. So whenever I feel like I'm, I'm doing something that, that'll even take me down the same path, I just, I already went through it so I have something to run away from. And that, that kind of fuels my my uh, desire and my strength to stay away from it, to veer off that path and to keep on moving with, with what I'm doing in my own life. What activities did you partake in to metaphorically use as your medication for depression? Again, I think I'd just go with wasting time as being a coping method for me. That wasn't in any metaphorical sense medication because it didn't do anything to heal um, my mental state. It just kind of made it easier to get by. Um, there were a ton of activities. I, I, if I was confident enough, I could have uh, partook in like doing sports or, uh, or picking up a new hobby that probably could have distracted me and that could have helped me but I just didn't have the confidence to do that I was so used to just wanting to stay home waste time just do a bunch of empty tasks to to distract me so it was really just coping that made it easier to get by but that in no way um, helped me heal it was just realizing that soon I was gonna need to get my life together and subconsciously piece by piece doing something more for myself that eventually helped me see how different I was that really uh that really got me to to work on myself um during your uh time of depression did you have any thoughts of suicide that's really interesting because this was freshman year when when it was at its worst so I noticed that in the morning it had always been it had always been at its worst that was when I was most depressed, I guess, when um, I was most sad. And I remember for a few months, I'd say, first period, I would like maybe think about what caused people to commit suicide. And I think it's just a thought so scary that I kind of tried to block that out. Like, as of right now, I still don't even know it's kind of a hazy time. Like, I don't remember if I actually thought about suicide or, or, or not just because it's something you want to block out it's something that was really terrible but I, I do know for sure there was a time when I was wondering what it was that made people want to commit suicide and, and then I do know for a fact too that I, I would spend time thinking about how my friends would feel if I had committed suicide or even family I don't know for certain if I ever thought about doing it seriously myself. I I, don't, I really don't think I did, just knowing what type of person I am. But um, that's all that cloudy and hazy time that I've just spent a lot of time trying to forget. Um, do you think suicide should be acceptable in society and be talked about often? I don't think suicide in any sense should be acceptable in society. 
Um, it's just something that. I'm sorry. It, let me rephrase okay. it. Not, not acceptable, or like it's okay for someone to do it. I mean, like for it to be talked about freely, in a sense where it's an open, a safe space. I and shouldn't be shied about. Sorry. <laughs> I definitely think so because. A lot of times when people bring up suicide, at least in high school, a lot of other people will be like, oh, that's that's not something we should talk about. Let's ignore that. That's way too serious. Um, but, yeah, it is something that isn't as open as it needs to be because it, it does need to get discussed in that people need to understand, like, all the different perspectives there are on it. Um, and that can help them further understand uh, why it's bad, um, why they shouldn't do it, and hopefully it can help people... Um, refute that those ideas for themselves, so they they get rid of those thoughts. But as of right now, it's some sort of cultural taboo, where it's kind of try. It's being brought more to the public sphere, but it's something that a lot of people don't really want to get too um, too deep with because it's super serious, and there is um, a high risk margin for really affecting how somebody feels about it because. You don't want to uh, make it. You don't want to accidentally make it seem acceptable or or passive because that can be life or death for someone else that's in a really unstable state. But at the same time, you don't want it to be so serious where somebody should feel ashamed of even thinking about it because that's only gonna lead to worse things. So. It'll take time, but making making it thing making it be something that's very open, something that people can talk about, and um, w- without fear of being marginalized or stigmatized, that would that'd be very beneficial. Okay, going back to your depression, were you sad all the time, or was it a kind of um, where you would experience episodes, like you said, you would be more sad? during in the morning than the rest of the day i think it was i I was usually kind of under the weather mentally i it it was worse i think for the majority of the time i was normally under the weather mentally but whenever i was with friends or I noticed that whenever I was with family at some, like some social gathering, I would feel a lot better because I knew I wasn't alone. And then, after those times passed, I would always think about those and think about how fun they were and how I want to go through that again. And I would focus. I would spend so much time focusing on these these times when I when I felt fine and and uh, when I felt secure with other people that I didn't spend enough time thinking about how I can sustain myself without um, those times. And then just going through school, that was the worst of it. Um, Monday through Friday, uh, I would always dread the next day, or at least Sunday through Thursday, I'd always dread going to school. And in the mornings, it was it was the worst because I knew I had a full day ahead of me um, of school. And even when I felt happier or secure or confident with other people I would never be able to look optimistically into the future I just felt 
secure about myself at that time, but I would never be able to to look at the future with hope. I would just kind of forget about everything and just enjoy the time I had being, being I guess, normal and being okay. But yeah, definitely it was, it was something that I think was, was with me um, 24-7. It was worse when school was about and uh, in the mornings and then it was lightened when I was with other people, with friends, with family. I think it the the basic foundations of it um not being able to hope for optimism or hope for uh, betterment in the future that was something that was always there. So would you say someone with depression shouldn't um withdraw themselves from people but actually should push themselves to be with their friends and I don't think there's one answer that can be said for everybody because for me, I really like being around other people. I like knowing that I'm not alone, but other people, they might feel um, kind of in the spotlight with other people and they might not like to be social. So for me, it would be something that helps. Um, For other people, it might be something that makes it worse because they might feel like they're less than everybody they're around or that they, they might even feel um, like they're an outsider and that might be a lot worse for them. Um, but I think something that is a, necess- is a necessity that um, all people should do is to be more open to receiving help from other people, to be able to take the initiative for themselves and understand that if they would benefit from talking to a therapist or from talking to anyone outside, talking to friends, talking to family, then they definitely should do that. But um, just being more social isn't something that would plainly help everybody. So ending on a positive note, what quote or saying would you say that to someone that struggles with depression? So going through the worst of it, I didn't think anything. Um, I can't. I couldn't really relate to any quotes. I didn't really think about them, and I still can't necessarily attribute any quotes to that time because it's something that passed, and it's not something that I can put myself in the mindset of again. But Something that really helped me out in opening myself after, like once I realized that I needed to do something, um, would be the quote that an entrepreneur jumps off the bridge and builds the plane on the way down. And what that essentially means is to to grasp opportunities and to just sign yourself up for things, so to speak, um, and then worry about the nitty-gritty aspects of it after. Um, Just go and do something crazy and then worry about all the all the basic and little trivia um, after. So just seek opportunities and open yourself up. And in doing that, I really was able to grow as a person, just doing crazy things that really made me grow socially. So that would be, uh, I think that would be very useful for anyone, but really people going through depression that really, that need to open up and see other things that would uh, that would help them out. If you are someone is struggling with distress or any form of the suicidal symptoms we mentioned, visit Teen Line online. They're available through call and text. Call 310-855-4673 or text T-E-E-N in capitals to 839863. There's also the National Suicide Prevention Hotline call 1-800-273-8255. They are available 24 hours.
Well, this is all for today's podcast. Thank you all for listening and hope you enjoyed Under the Weather.